Hi everyone, listen, just very quick introductions as to who everyone is. Uh, so this is Lisa Mulcahy. Um, Lisa is a film director and TV director. She's up for nomination tomorrow night at the IFTAS for uh, Best Director on TV Sitcom or Soap. Uh, soap yes, and, soap and yeah, Sitcom. Yeah, yeah. Um, at, for Red Rock. And on Friday, her second feature is coming out into cinemas. So everyone get your asses to see that. Long Every week is like this for yeah, me. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and of course, Emma Reynolds, who is an award-winning uh, film and TV editor, as well as a director who is now currently assembling her second feature documentary, um, Farthest... The Farthest. The Farthest. Sorry, I kept getting that wrong earlier. So, I'll leave it to the ladies. They're going to tell you a little bit about how they got to where they are and what path they took. But I think they wanted to be quite interactive. Yeah. So questions from the floor are encouraged. You're about um, to mention your event. And then just anyone who's leaving early, we have another event on in November, because we have a monthly event, obviously, for all you fantastic members. It's the 17th of November, and it's going to be a um, crowdfunding workshop with um, the producers of uh, The Queen of Ireland, which is opening. This Friday is well, well, today. I thought it was today, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it opens on Friday as well. Well, hopefully they won't be competing well, audience. Be competing Mine is eight, audience. eight to twelve year olds, <laughs> so I'm hoping they won't be competing <laughs> audience. Sorry, it's huge. Are they? <laughs> so as um, Ailish said, we, we were hoping we'd have quite a free flowing conversation because I think we really feel that the best thing is that if it's you know it's useful, if it's helpful, if we're able to tap into what everyone's interested in rather than kind of <laughs> foisting our theories on you um, so maybe we you know feel free to join in or put up your hand or just yeah no rude comments <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so then we'll then we let we then we at least have a chat about what, what we're all jointly interested in um, uh, so I guess I mean I just wanted to say that a you know women, women in film and TV Ireland is all about you know what we're all about is about support, it's about networking, it's about the optics of women st- standing up and being visible and talking about our issues and, you know, encouraging others to come forward or to get involved. So that's all part of this. So as part of this research or talk thinking about tonight, I ran the numbers because Emma Watson had put in the in the internet a few weeks ago about the numbers she'd run, about films she'd done. And so I ran the numbers for me and asked Lisa to do the same. And of 17 feature films I've cut, only one female director, only one female cinematographer, and only one female writer, um, and she was the same as the female director. So, you know, the, the numbers are harrowing, I think, and in my view, it's about, the, it's about all those roles. It's about the getting women in creative roles, cinematographer, designer, all those roles, directors, producers, everyone, you know, just upping those numbers and the visibility. It's also about roles for women, in the films, so that the position of women, you know, women are seen by society in a different way and appreciated as the complex and favorite people we actually are, instead of sidekicks and one note and sexualized beings. And also with women's voices, you know, that women writers, women directors get to tell their stories and that whole thing reaches a critical mass of the 51% and all that. So, well, I guess we'll just chat a bit about maybe how, can you tell us a little bit how you got started and how you yeah. got to where you are today. Uh, yeah, well, is there anybody here who's just starting off or trying to get into the film industry? You, Yeah, so you you haven't had any involvement or anything? In um, well, I made uh, three shorts and I told producer Logan, the producer, the thing is, I, I, I've had no money doing it, I've just had to be told through the filmmaker. 
To, so to, to invest in your projects. Yeah, so that I have money before I begin. Because basically, I'm just okay. borrowing and stealing literally. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, and what do you what experience? Um, I've helped in marketing for a web series and assistant producer now for a short a feature film like Independence. So okay, but what 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 do you aspire to do? Do you aspire to producer. to produce your own films? And you want to you writer director. Writer director. Okay. Uh, okay, it's just uh, it's just good to know. I mean, I, I started. I went. To, I did a two year media course a long time ago, and uh, it was basically a two year uh, filmmaking course. It was unlike filmmaking course at the time because there really was no kind of theory. Or sometimes these filmmaking courses did French. Do you know what I mean? It seemed irrelevant to making films to me. We just basically ran around with our Super Eight cameras and cut them and had a you know little studio and we just made lots of little films and but while I was doing that course I realised we did everything on it and I realised the thing that I liked most on it was editing so before I finished the course there was no mobile phones at that time so before I finished the course I was only thinking about today I looked up the yellow pages and like film editors I looked up in the <laughs> yellow pages and came across like three I think one was uh, Wilma Lane one was uh, Arthur Keishan and one was somebody else and so none of them knew me or anything like that. So what I literally did was I went around and I knocked on the three doors. And I went, I went to Arthur Keating's door. I literally like knocked on his door and he opened the door and I said, hi, I said, I, I'm interested in editing. How do I become an assistant film editor? Or how do I become a film editor is what I said. And I think he was so like he was kind of in the middle of cutting something and it was like the doorbell rings. And this short kind of young person saying, how, you know, how do I become a film editor? Which obviously nobody had ever done to him before. And so he took me on as an assistant and it was just an incredible experience because at that time we were still cutting, as I said to you last night, we were still cutting on reversal. So we we used to cut a series 4T, an arts programme, and it was shot on reversal film. And reversal is you have one piece of film, you don't get prints from it, it's your master copy of film and that's what we used to cut. So, you know, you used to wear gloves and if it got scratched, it got scratched. Uh, so you, but you had to be really careful about it. But as an assistant, you were there the whole time when somebody was editing the film uh, because you had your trim bin there and you would break down the the film into the various sections. And so you were kind of like this very, very tactile process. So you were were conscious of all of the the decision-making process in relation to editing. And so I did that for a year. After about four months, he let me cut my first full programme on my own. You know, because he just was somebody who was willing to let me fly. Do you know what I mean? And he knew that I had a huge enthusiasm for it. And I think that's really important. And maybe it goes without saying, but you have to really want want it, I think, in this film and in the industry. And so I did that for a year. And then I went to London and I knocked on where there are millions of post-production houses. Again, none of them knew me. And I just kept knocking on doors and walking around. And eventually somebody took a liking to me. Because in, at that time, you had to be in the union to get a job and you had to get a job you had to be in the union you know it, it was catch 22 but anyway somebody, somebody took a liking to me and then I did that for a year and then I hated living in London so I left and although I absolutely loved film editing and anybody who wants to direct films I really really can't encourage you enough to, to do some film editing it just teaches you so much about making films about story structure about how scenes work about emotion it's just amazing and I'm sure you could talk for forever about yeah. it, do you know what I mean? Boring but uh, I just didn't really like being in a room of my own all the time. 
So I came back and I from America for, for a few months and I uh, decided I wanted to be an assistant director, to be a trainee assistant director. Again, I knew nobody who did it. So I got, uh, I went to the phone book and got all the addresses of post-production, uh, of production companies who did commercials and stuff like that. And I think of it now, I, for five days in a row, I got these cards and I drew, like I had 15 production companies, so I drew 15 drawings, all the same drawing. And underneath, it was some cartoonish drawing, and underneath it was the start of a sentence, <laughs> right? And so then I got on my bike and I cycled around all the things and I put the card in the door, right? So then the people came in in the morning, they got this little card and it said something. And then I did another one the following night and they got a bit more of the sentence. And I did that for five nights in a row. So, and basically it was, look, I'm looking for a job as a trainee assistant director. But I, I suppose because I had approached, I'd completely forgotten about this until we spoke last mm-hmm. night. I suppose because I approached it in a different way, somebody said, well, look, this girl. So I started to get work because I did that. And then I just, once you get into the film industry, and I'm talking in particular when you get on a film set, I'm not talking really about producer or director because it's a different thing, but once you get on a film set, whether it be as a a runner with the assistant directors or a trainee with props, or really you need no qualifications, you just need to have the right personality for that job and a desire to do that job. Uh, I'm sure you could agree. It really, like, when you... When you get somebody, like say a runner, and you know you can tell within 15 minutes whether they're cut out for the job or not. But you showed a massive amount of tenacity and balls to have the. I think you do. The confidence I think you have to. to knock on those doors. I think you have to. I really think you have to. To, to because you know even in this, uh, even in this um, small country, there are a huge amount of people. There are a huge amount of directors. If I just think directors competing for a really when you take drama a very very tiny amount of work tiny there's more opportunity I think you can disagree in documentary Mm. because you need less money you need a smaller (laughs) group of people to get that story told but uh, so there there's a huge amount of people who want to be directors and you absolutely have to just be really really want it and how did you go then from assistant directing into directing uh, so I assistant director on lots of films and trainee and then I went to third and then I did one job as a second and I was an absolutely nightmare second assistant director and I did Into the West as a second assistant director and God love them and God love me because it was a horrendous job as an assistant <laughs> director um, and then I started when I was a third I started because it's kind of a, a normal process to go from third to first really a second is such a different job and I was third in a job and the first fell by the wayside for some reason I can't remember why and they just asked me to first it it was like a kind of a four week job with Thaddeus O'Sullivan and then I started to first and then I firsted for years and I absolutely loved it it was a great job but when you're firsting there's this triangle on a film set if you've ever been on film sets where it's you know, in a drama or a feature or whatever and on a documentary where it's a, the, the DP the director and the first AD and it's those three people that kind of push that thing along and I'm a bit sensitive to being AD really do you know what I mean nobody saw first ADs cry on set until they met me <laughs> <laughs> you know because most of the first ADs a lot of first ADs quite a lot of them came from military backgrounds and it made sense that they did you know because that's what it is really you're like the sergeant major on the set you know you're absolutely the punch bag for everybody who's got 
moans and groans who can't find a producer so they go straight to the first AD so it is a tough job and that's why often you get you know men who have been ex-military or guys who are just absolutely tough as old boots because you really have to be and uh, whereas I was really good at my job I just was a bit too sensitive for it and what what ended up happening was that I'd work in a job where we'd I'd just tell you'd have a terrific director and you'd have like an absolute asshole as a cinematographer or the other way around occasionally you'd work in a job and everybody'd get on great and their dream jobs but when they're both assholes yeah I had some few of them as well <laughs> and I'm sure they might say the same about me do you know what I mean but it's not a job to do if you're very sensitive it really and isn't it was, a, it was as a first AD that you encountered a little bit of verbal sexism oh I was, great story. I, I was telling uh, I was telling Emer last night I was just thinking back to when I became a first because there had never there wasn't any female first ADs in Ireland at the time and Martha had started I think she was doing locations before uh, and so anyway so I started doing commercials and uh, there was a group of workers I think it's safe to say that they were male who really only did commercials but they had been in the industry they would have done films and they would have done you know the Blue Max and they would have done films but at that stage they were mostly doing commercials most of them were grips it was safe to say although there was some electricians kind of the blatant kind of uh, uh, sexual harassment was majority came from uh, electricians but there was this one grip who and I was the first AD like I'm sure you've been on film sets and you've seen like you know good first ADs in action and stuff I'm not you know saying I was brilliant but I was good at my job and I was focused and I was the first AD <laughs> this grip used to say refer to me on the floors well the little girl said we had to do it like, it was just, when I think of it now, you know, the little girl, you know, and I was the first, you know, and it was my job to say, you know, we've 10 minutes, can we speed things up a bit, or what's happening now, why isn't that happening? It was my job to do that. But he just, he just couldn't, couldn't cope with a woman doing it. And it took years, it took, took years for us to come to a mutual arrangement that says, you do that, and I do this. And we'll stop with the little girl comments and then I'll stop, you know, do you, do you know what I mean? And is it different now that you're directing that, do you experience anything like that on set these days? Has, it changed? As a director, Has the world changed? Um, as a director, I, I just simply wouldn't put up with it. As a director, I think, I, I mean, I would be, I wouldn't, I want a set to be a happy set. I want people to get on. I don't want arguing and stuff like that because I, we spend so much time doing it that I don't want to it's a difficult job and I don't want people to be unhappy with it so if there is somebody who would be causing a lot of tension and set actress is a different thing because you can't really do a lot about that once they're cast mm. but if there's crew who are causing a lot of tension or difficulty in set I, I would attempt to try and solve that now yeah but the blatant sexism is kind of washed out or it's gone well, under, under I mean, ground? Well, I mean, to be quite, I, you know, it would be a brave person to be blatantly sexist with the director. <laughs> I'm not saying it doesn't happen or wouldn't happen. I'm just trying to think, but certainly not in my experiences. I'm doing Red Rock at the moment. I've, you know, I've done a lot of that. Absolutely not. I have noticed that sets have become much, much more politically correct. Even sometimes I've had to kind of stop myself saying something. <laughs> yeah. I have noticed that. I don't know if you have noticed that or other people are insensitive, but I have noticed that, that they have become much more politically correct. 
from both sides. There's far less innuendo. But not so politically correct that you're you're working with a bunch of cinematographers that are female or Oh no, no. It's still But I just the kind the of the mood the and the manner. The mood and the manner is you know, it's I'll just say you know, just you know, having done say a lot of Red Rock and then having done Longwood beforehand, the mood and the manner is it's it's much more this is a working place. We have fun and we enjoy ourselves and like I, I've had a great time, but yeah, I've noticed that there's a lot less so a lot of young say in Red Rock there's a lot of young young people who are starting in the film industry they might have started last season as a clapper loader and like halfway through last season already they're focus pullers so it's a very good show to get on to bump people up mm. so there's a lot of, a lot of young people and I've noticed that they, they just don't, it, it's just a different thing there isn't this sort of sexism that I think it's an age thing is it's it is it? Yeah. Are people who've been around? Yeah. 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 So that, does that yeah, mean maybe. Then that the world hasn't changed so much? The younger people are just more aware how to be politically correct or that younger men are actually genuinely a bit more on side? I was going to say a cultural thing. I think that the... Uh, I've just finished a job with, with crews that would have been around for years. Some of the people that Lisa and I would have worked with yeah. 20 years ago mm-hmm. are still there. And it's the same banter. It's still the same banter. No, on set. Young, on set. Yeah, yeah. Whereas so maybe younger. Yeah, women, yeah. I think just it's just part of that age thing. It's just not so acceptable amongst yeah. that age. Group but that's members. nice. Yeah, yeah no, that's nice. Really. I, I, yeah, I you're probably right. I, of course, you're right. Out, yeah, yeah. To filter out. Do you know what I mean? I think probably will take time to filter out. Yeah. Sorry, no, 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 no. That's good. That's exactly yeah. what. And when you, you hear it or experience it or it's happening, do you? talk to it like or do you confront it or is it more of a yeah I do and it's not just about sexism it should be about racism actually which I've come across and I would be so my children my ex-husband's black so my kids are next race and so I would hear racist comments on set particularly from older crew as well as sexist and I would pick that up just as quickly yeah a lot of that a lot of that really yeah 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 Mm. yeah yeah it's it's old fashioned older generation I think yeah, I just, I just think it's still there. I'm not sure that's particular to the film industry, to be honest. No, no but I think it's the age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm, and I, you know, it's funny. You know, as I suppose, because you're kind of at the top of your game, if you know what I mean. It, it, as you say, it's probably, it would be not blatantly addressed towards you by new people. But probably, if I worked with some of those lads, I'm sure because they all knew me when I was training AD. Do you know what I mean? So I'm sure, like, you know, it would not, would not be quite the pat in the ass, well done, but you're, I'm sure, yeah, you're right, there would be. It would be directed to me, usually, if you'd hear it. It's stuff you'd hear directed, I think, at others. Well, see, it's interesting. The conversation about sexism in the industry, you know, is, is complicated because maybe that blatant sexism is, is dying out or being washed out, but there's, there's, there's a more insidious type of sexism or misogyny where female there aren't female leaders or women's stories aren't getting funded or for example I was telling Lisa last night in my case um, you know the complication with sexism it's hard to name it you know you, yeah. did you not get the job because you're female or because you're just not suitable or you know like it's very complicated it's a, it's a blurry line my husband is an editor as well and he every job every year gets offered more money than me mm-hmm. you know now I think you know, justified be producers would say, "Well, that's a bit of a bigger budget, or we've, you know, it, all, yeah." We see it's very it's, hard. It's to, a it's a blurry line. Yeah, yeah. But it's ten well, years of always him being offered more money, <laughs> unless we got offered the same job on the same TV series, and he was offered X, and I, you know, then you wouldn't 
be able to say it. Even then, they'd say he's got more this or more awards, or he's got more comedy, or you know. So it's I a blurry thing, isn't it? Insidious. Because I, d- I did have a conversation recently with the producer, actually, who's working on a big show, which is all action. And she would sit in production meetings and go, well, there's a bit much action here for a woman. I got to an interesting that I remember a job I was offered as a first AD, High Boot Benny was the job, mm. Thaddeus was the director again, and we shot it up in Donegal. I remember this last night. And it was my first job as a first AD, uh, full job as a first AD. And we were shooting in, um, you know, the the fort in up in Donegal. You know, the old um, is it, it Dunru? Dunree? I think it's Dunree. Not Dunree, but it's 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 an old army fort yes, up in in, in, in in yeah, yeah yeah and and you there is to get to the top. There's a really steep hill, and the guy he was a very gentle, very sweet guy. But he said to me, "Do you think that you'd be okay with the hill going up and down the hill?" <laughs> now you've seen me in action, right? It's like it's not that I'm really sporty, but I walk fast and like I'm like that. And but you know, because like you know, so I I would totally believe that, totally believe that that the people would say about action. Now I particularly wouldn't be interested as a director director as doing doing a lot of action. It wouldn't bother me. Do you know what I mean? When I was going to do my first drama was um, the football thing, the GAA thing. on home ground on home ground, and the other directors were all men, and the two episodes I got were the big football match. And like where all hell broke loose in the football match, and all the, the other directors were saying, "Thank God we're not doing that match." And I was like, I was kind of embracing it, you know what I mean? They didn't want it, but I'm, you know, it's it's the closest thing you can get to a big action movie in Ireland. It's two episodes of Fun Home Ground. <laughs> I think though I read that 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 I mean that's a worldwide thing about women directing drama or directing um, action drama that it's perceived as not particularly. I wonder Seemly how many for women, women or are, maybe women wouldn't be interested or wouldn't yeah, be good at I wonder how many uh, women yeah. are pushing themselves yeah. to do that. Yeah. You know? And the action script, somebody told me a story, and I can't remember who it was in this room, but uh, that they'd sent in an action script with, with, the, with the, as a woman writer and not getting it, but with the male name getting it. Yeah. Yeah. So they no. Oh. Yeah. Here. Oh. No, this, I told you this story. story. <laughs> There's a Scottish writer that yeah. I'm working with had sent out her script to a number of production That's companies yeah. and it was with the it was a female protagonist the script was the exact same and it was a comedy and it was about I, I can't remember the exact pitch on the script um, and she sent it out with a female protagonist as the centre lead role and it was rejected by everyone and then she sent it out just the name change she didn't touch another word of the script he, just he from she to he. he she to he and name change and three different production companies rang her to talk about it oh and I said, because I read the script, and I said, why is it? Because my first question was, why is it a guy? And she went, actually, how did you know it used to be a woman? And I went, well, yeah. there you go. You know, it was really, really interesting. And then she says, well, I changed it because the market wasn't accepting it as a woman. I was getting it. Like, she was only saying she, she wasn't offering it to me. She was using it as spec. But she said the market wouldn't accept that. How long ago was that? That's about 18 months ago she sent it out. She sent it out and got interest about eighteen months ago. Yeah, so yeah, it's still yeah. Under option. Yeah. But uh, did nothing with the female. She said literally the only thing I did was he to she and the name change. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really disgusting that that's yeah. still the case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just take it personally. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing else in the script. But it's interesting, and it does bring us to your conversation about how do you get funded? You know how, like, I, so how did you how did you get funded for a, a film with all these strong female, spiky young one who was kind of this is the legend of Longwood. Yeah. How do uh, women get 
Their story's oh, Okay, well, um, uh, I had done three shorts and the three of them were all beg, borrow, steal. That's the nature of shorts. Well, actually, one of them was the film board short. Okay, so we did have some money. One of them was three minutes long and it was in a cell, so... But it was still big bar, still. And then the very first one I did, which was like a 26-minute short, which was a weekend location in, in Galway, actually. And I had like a big crew in it, and we had like loads of extras. And that was completely big bar and, uh, and steel as well. So that is the nature of shorts, and you kind of have to, have to do it. And, and am I right some in saying schemes. that you probably, you probably got this crew because you were working in crews and you were a bit more visible? Yeah. And so it might be different for you. And my producer you, yeah. and the guy who produced it was also, he was a location manager. So, mm-hmm. so we got loads of people. But I mean, I remember on that particular film, the writer coming in and she writer coming in and I was obviously full of uh, can do and she came in and said, she sat me down and she said, listen, I just don't want you to raise your hopes. You know, she said, because just this may not happen. This was to the production office that we had already set up, <laughs> right? You know, and we'd found a production cottage. I just don't want you to raise raise your hopes, you know. This may not happen. It just, you know, in my experience and my attitude is, well... well, it definitely I, won't happen. You know, <laughs> it won't happen if you got this. Like, you do have to, you have to have a can-do. You're doing the right thing, you know what I mean? Like what I did, I was working as a mem- as a crew member in the film industry. In you know, and and I'm making my short films. I never, I never had an, a burning desire to be a director. It was just when I was in a, with an assistant director, and you're around actors all the time. That's what made me want to do that more because I love working with actors. And also, I just ended up working with too many assholes, and we just almost had to take make a break. I'm sure I'm going to have they to would say the same with me. Yeah, <laughs> same with me. I just. So that's how I fell into directing. But you're doing the right thing. If you have a burning desire to do it, you will do it. You will. And you, know, you can't let anything them. stop you, you know. But you have to be absolutely driven. Can I ask you one question? What about the women that went before you? Were they helpful to you? Did they act as a mentor? Or did they do you down? And well, like that woman said, this may not happen. Yeah. Negativity, yeah. Negativity. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like when I became a first, there weren't there weren't female assistant directors. There was one. You know, if there were female assistant directors, they were seconds. Okay. And you know, seconds would be kind of traditionally. There's lots of male seconds, but it, it would have been more traditionally a female role. So there weren't women first ADs. Do you know what I mean? But I suppose I was just kind of a person that if I wanted something, I was going to go get it. Anyway. Uh, I. I. You know. When I think of, say, women who would have had power in that in that area, say, when I was trying to direct, Martha O'Neill definitely gave me a break to give me. I, I tried to get in the first season of On Home, On Home Ground. She was producing it. I had done short, three short films, but I'd done nothing but that. And then I had done a couple of documentaries. And so I went in for an interview and I didn't get it. And then I went in the second time and uh, and Mary Callery, who was in RT at the time, and Martha was the producer. And, like, she definitely gave me a break. Yeah. It's not saying, you know, I, you know, I had just done shorts. And then when I did those two episodes of Hannah on Ground, I proved I could do it. And then Mary, I, I'm sure I don't know what the truth about it is, but then the next year, I was saying this last night, then next year Alan Maloney rang me and offered me to be the lead director on the clinic, which was the biggest thing that the RT had ever done. And in the phone call, he said, look, he said, I'd like you to direct. They were doing this new series clinic. And it was a you know, big budget. I'd like you to be the lead director. And I was saying, great. I said, do you want to see my CV? I, like and as he was offering me the job, I said, "Do you want to have a look at my CV?" He's like, "I didn't even have to pitch for the job, you know." Yeah. So, so I'm sure Mary Callery had a big say, and you know there are some women like you know I was saying like you know five months after I'd had twins, 
Mary Callery rang me and offered me a job. There is no way. Now, okay, somebody can disagree with me. There is no way a man would have rung and said, Lisa, I know you've had twins five months ago, but we've got this gig, will you direct it? It just wouldn't have happened. So women can be great supporters of each other. Yeah. Women can also be our biggest critics, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I think a lot of it is because how tough it has been for them. Mm. There's an inherent negativity. I find it factual entertainment so it's very very difficult over the years you know submitting these stories you then getting meetings particularly with the women I, I, I'm not sure it's true that somebody say system or where they come you know but I found they were more or less saying very good we love the idea but you yeah. know and then other you know projects emerge similar you know you kind of feel because you're a woman and that they can't really they don't think you'd be strong enough you know unless it's got and I wonder if it I'm is sure. that thing of that they've had to struggle so much to do it themselves. They're not, I don't know. I don't you know, know. that Margaret Thatcher thing. You know that they lose, yeah, no, they lose touch with. I worked in RT, and when I went in there, we were the sort of the first tranche of female lawyers. And it would be like, oh, here the girls are coming, and you'd be like, I don't believe it. But at least you have the power to sue them. Big stagger. Yeah, we're going to sue your employer like yeah, that. No, yeah. no there would be people who you were going to do prime time or prime time investigates, and there would be people who would say, oh, it's the girls, or the girls are coming over. And you're like... Mm. And I kind of was from the era, you know, Mary Robinson was president of Ireland, so mm. therefore, you know, I'm just as equal as any man who's as qualified as I am. And so that was the first time that I kind of really experienced that actually, even though three quarters of your class were men in college, or women, yeah, sorry, yeah, you, you still, when you got into the workplace, experienced this kind of, the girls are coming. Oh, we're still the minority. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're still... Not my profession. No, but I, I don't mean, I mean, in any, in any way, isn't it? Isn't it just an insidious thing of, you're the other, you're not quite the mainstream, you're kind of, you know... You're just not quite as good yeah. enough. I mean, it does bring us around. I think we were arguing about it last night. I don't know what you all feel about positive discrimination or about those ideas to do with, you know, maybe women giving women a better break or the film board devoting some funds specifically to women. Or you know, where do you all stand on that? Because it's we had a good round about it. Well, my, the public sector feels I work in, in education as well, and there's, there's a predominant female bias there. But you know, and I think the public sector feels particularly there should be equal, at least like uh, the ideas front. Um, you know, there should all you know, there should, there should be more. Um, I think it's it's, it's it's in the pitching of ideas or that entry entry into it. Um, a female then, voice as opposed to a male voice. Yeah, should be the voices should be shifting because for the good of the culture of the, mm. of, the, of the place, if it's being funded by the state, you know, um, in the end, I mean that's. Well, that's cer- that's absolutely not the case yeah, in funding in Ireland. You know, there's yeah. no. It's, it's around seven percent. Mm. Just looking at the Irish. I, I, I was just frightening. I was saying to Emer last night. I did an interview uh, with Entertainment.ie last week, and he he asked me that question. And I've never been very good about, you know, women not getting supported. I've made, I've just always kind of put my head down and just done what I was doing, and and you know, never been very good about engaging in this whole women and not enough women in our industry and stuff like that and he asked me this question he said and what do you think about um, quotas and my immediate instinct about that was oh, no I really don't want to get me a job uh, because I'm a woman and then I just went away and I started to think and I thought you know what actually we've had a system right up until now and we've seen how that system has worked mm-hmm. 
So then I started thinking, well, okay, why don't you introduce a quota system for, say, three years in the film board or something like that, or five years? And if the film board, after those three years, the film board come back and say, we did it, but, you know, there weren't enough women applying. Well, then it's the women's fault. Yeah. Yeah. No, but then there's another question. No, but then, then there's a further question. Why aren't women applying? Why aren't women writing? When I, I did film in college, and going in, it's hard to say. I said to myself, I want to be a director, but looking back, I didn't know because I feel like you have to work. Figure that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In order to figure out what you wanted. But I noticed by the time I got out of college, that had completely gone, and they just kind of pushed... They, Basically, weren't teaching us to be filmmakers. They were saying you can go into camera, you can go into audio. Yeah, there's a massive obsession with uh, technical. Yeah, exactly. I think even getting when I work with an editor, it's like, how can you learn to be an editor? You know, it's like it doesn't seem to be support for women being directors or producers. You know, obviously, this uh, editor is very important, but there's an obsession with the technical that women actually shaping content. Itself. However, mm-hmm. I've read a lot of reports that yeah. suggest, and I don't know if this is your experience, we're trying to tackle it as part mm-hmm. of our education reach, outreach thing, that women themselves in those colleges are, you know, are stepping away and letting the male, yeah. the male yeah. members of the team or the, the classes step forward. It is. And, and yeah, I women, think children I, do that yeah. in school as well. Where yeah, they, yeah. You know, yeah. so I think it is a huge, deeper, a much bigger, it? bigger. Yeah. You know, it's a DNA thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. it is a much. Well, it's, it's a DNA thing that's also socially influenced. Because yeah. I was looking at stupid thing, but you know, the open day in my kids' school, right? Mm. Sounds ridiculous. But the boys were handed the camera to go and take footage. Now the girls were kind of stepping back, going, "Let's go." Please, some teacher have the smarts to give a girl a camera because they'll ask different questions to the boy running yeah. around going, look at the football and this is happening. It's just an open day. You know, various things are happening. Yeah. But, you know, there was no one going in to check out the uh, kind of abstract dance. What it was, there's a lot of eight-year-olds. Oh, you know, it was just, they, they could see different things. But the teacher didn't go, right, well, we have to give one to each. You know, yeah. kind of, there was three little boys running around with cameras who were 10, which was fine. But I kind of said to the principal, and what did the principal say? She said, well, maybe they don't want to do it. I said, well, oh, oh, maybe they don't. I tell you what, if you assign them that task, they'll want to do it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because they're at that age where if you assign them a task, please. they just do, you know. Yeah, yeah. But there's a reason we have political quotas. There's a reason we have all the time in Europe, they're looking for the same, but they want to bring in quotas for boards. There's them um, yeah. in the European Parliament. There's Every year there's always a motion bring forward legislation at a European level on that. There's a reason for it. So what is it and how do we get over it? But it is working in Sweden. Yeah, I was just going to say. There's rumblings, you know. It's interesting. You you know that notion of do you do something for three years or Mm -hmm. see how it goes? And they brought them in Sweden, which is amazing. And the initial results and box office all seems good. But I've already heard men, you know, but people giving out and saying it's not true and, mm-hmm. and actually um, there's serious. been projects been turned down that are, should have been made and so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Oh, okay. there'll be blood on the walls. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. if, you, if you did introduce it, yeah, yeah. there'd be a sense of only getting funded. Hmm? Yeah, and I, I actually I, don't. I, yes, I changed my attitude completely, and I thought, well, actually, we know what we we know what doesn't, no, doesn't work, work. So I, know. I don't. But I don't think I don't, certainly don't think three years would do it. I just don't no, think it five would years or whatever. And yeah. I also think we'd have to establish what the criterion were because if the criterion yeah. is box office, <laughs> ah, well, no, we're going to bugger, you know, because it, it, it can't be box office. Exactly. You could so make the most brilliant film. So but what I mean, are the criterion then? What would we find acceptable? We have to do something as well. There should be a fund for. 
who if you're going to have a diversity fund it must, uh, you know, surely, if, if the f- surely in a level, like if the film board give money to ten documentaries a year, production money to ten documentaries a year, five of them have to be directed by women. Now, the interesting yeah. thing on the documentary front is that because whether it is inherent in our being, women go actually, I'll make that for nothing, so I'll try and make a documentary of that. So they don't. So actually, the film board on a on a person by person basis actually do fund a lot more female documentary yeah. makers than they do compared to female drama makers. And that is just because there's less money involved. And I think it's we risk, all yeah. inherently go... Actually, but the, fil- the film board are funding documentaries more so than yeah, RT, whatever. Yeah. So they are, the film board are actively pushing documentaries but, anyway. But so they are helping the situation. You know, they, From the documentary point of view, I think it's quite positive. It's just for the numbers of directors and, and um, writers and producers that are female-led stories in documentary, it just doesn't equate across into drama. Yeah. I think we need to support each other a lot more as well. Mm. I really do. Yeah. Women need... To just We need to support each other. We can all start you know? this Friday by tweeting about Lisa's film. That's mm. Thank you. Friday. Yeah. But we also... No, the, that but sounds like a silly thing, but yeah. people don't get bums on seats. And see, the this thing is... End, it yeah. dies. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's funny. I just got a copy. Sorry, I will stop talking about me. I just got a copy, a rough copy of, 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 you know, the general consensus from the press. And the general consensus from the press, it's okay, right? It's kind of, from my point of view, it's disappointing, but it's, you know, it's okay. It's more than okay. Brilliant. But but when we get, when the kids go in to see it, the, you know, the overall consensus is that they really, really enjoy it. Of course, not everything, but they do really, really enjoy it. And it's kind of just a kicker because you've got one week. Like, you know, the distributors, they make 70% of what they're going to make on your film in the first week. So you've just got one week to get people in. And in the multiplexes, although it's going out in a lot of cinemas, but in the multiplexes, like, they are incredibly fickle. You know, it's not art house or anything. It's like, if it's not making money, you're out. You know, but um, anyway, so yeah, please do tweet. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Look, it's coming out at the perfect time. It's yeah. the perfect um, uh, atmosphere for this time of year in the film, and we we just see. But I think just in terms of what you said there about supporting each other, yeah. I think it's a I think it's a more root and branch thing. It's actually we have to kind of we definitely have to support each other in optics and all that. But we have to, as women, be more brave, don't we? We mm. have to start demanding the funding. Start being brave enough to write stuff and say stuff you see and like as a group we have if, internalized yeah. this idea maybe there are we're not quite at the races or you know yeah. but that's that's a, isn't so that a systematic thing we can handle as yeah. as women as opposed yeah. to from outside I don't know whether there was a thing done here but I know it was done in the UK SkillSect did it about maybe five years ago of the drop at the age of 35 of the men to women that were so yeah, it's well, it's the same with all. Yeah, it's the same. So is that well, is the same with anything? Is it yeah, it's working. Massive issue. Massive issue. It's a massive issue. On BBC spoke about it at the time. She actively got off radio and said, "I'm going because I'm not being supported being a mother at this stage." Yeah, you know. So there was a huge thing done about it. But that was five years ago in the UK. I haven't been here. I've been here away for eleven years. So I'm kind of out of touch with what's going on here. But are you back? I'm back. Welcome. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've kind of like, I'm, I remember asking a couple of people that, going, you know, what, 
what's the statistics in Ireland? Because I'd say it's probably worse. Oh, worse. Oh, it's, it's much worse. Uh, I I there is, I, I mean... Like, what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> but your Ireland, to be a working mother in any field in Ireland is you are just, you do not exist. No. You do not exist at all. It's but they say that if you tackle childcare, oh, but that's that it's going to change everything, and then persistently in they every field they tackle it properly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what, but what the film industry is, is yeah, the yeah, film industry is a very specific beast. Yeah. Childcare won't anyway, tackle it because of the hours and the you know there's a lot of seasonal yeah, yeah. work. But and also, yeah. also, I mean, I think without without being on set from you know twelve or fifteen hours a day, or whatever. But I think the mentality here, with what I'm noticing, is Ireland. The Irish people are suspicious. With that, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm suspicious of you. You're suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way we are, right? Yeah. But you know, the UK have are happy to let you go home and work at home. You know, they're not going to go, oh, the yolk's diving off now. Mm. You know, they're happy to, okay, I have to go home and, you know, pick up my kids and do that, but I'll get back down and do whatever the hell I have to do at 11 o'clock tonight. Mm. Fine, not a problem. Here, it's like... Oh, I think it's changed. Oh, well, I think it's changed. I, I, I do think. I think it's getting better. But I mean, yeah. I know I work with another woman, she's got a child, so we understand each other and we understand all the difficulties yeah. are, um, around that. But I, I, and certainly we work a lot with Scandinavian producers and their guys and they're always... Hand yeah. around the sky to show the kid on the couch homesick. Yeah, yeah, you know they're they're yeah, much yeah. better, but yeah, I mean I certainly think as women we have to support each other in those, you know. Uh, yeah, those roles, and, you know? and funny enough, I found myself sometimes like I would purposely not mentioning that I'd have children. Like I I only just got an agent, huh? <laughs> yeah. I just I just got an agent and I went over to see her and in you know in our email I think I never mentioned my children uh, or anything like that and so when we were there and we were talking about the legend of Longwood and I have a ten year old and two five year olds and so uh, and I was saying oh my daughter and Wally and she said oh you do you have children and I said yeah and she said oh how many do you have and I said three I said and she said what age are they and I said ten and five year old twins and she said do you think you're going to be able to do this and I said. So, and I mean, she's a young girl, do you know what I mean? But, you know, in a way, I, I can understand why she said it, you know, because... Is it a valid question? It, well, it, well, she wouldn't she ask, ask a guy. Yeah. She wouldn't, no, no, she wouldn't. But she doesn't have no, to ask a man. <laughs> she wouldn't have it's asked a man. It's not going to be a massive she, issue she, for she, him. What she said was, she said... It's arguable that it's a valid question. How does a woman... who's Normally the primary caregivers, aren't we? Normally? Yeah. Well, it depends. Most families. Most environments... Most families are evolving to a point where they are they are Irish, but still they the still, still women do. are you know majority of the women are the primary. I mean, I'm interested. How do you manage it? No, no, she didn't okay. ask it in a sense. No, she she said yeah. that will be okay, will it? Do you know what I mean? She she had to say it, but I mean, for, you know, I I said that will be okay. That she, was the end was of the younger, conversation. Though. Yeah, so I, I've actually generally found women same age or older completely get it actually on that level and don't tend to uh, everybody's doing the juggle everybody's doing that mad mad juggle and and they don't tend to but I said to her I said but I tell her I said I don't want to move over to England a year ago I wouldn't have said that a year ago I just wouldn't have mentioned the children at all I said I don't want to move over to England I said I'd be happy to do gigs here and there you know but I'm not moving over to England but that's taken me a long long time to have the confidence confidence to say that yeah Thanks, Mary. I actually have to be able to say those things and be upfront about all of that. Absolutely, yeah. You know, you can be a film director or a film producer or whatever and have a family. You can. Mm -hmm. You know, but a lot of women do drop out because there is zero support 
for 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 women, you know, working working mothers. There is zero support, but you can do it. So that's something uh, as women in film and TV we can address, isn't it? We can come up with sort of ways that make it, you know, that we do tackle these these things that mothers are encountering all the time. Isn't it something we can do as a like as a hard solution? But there's if there's a network and a, and a, a kind of a consensus about what the million areas and problems are. Exactly that. It's it's that pooling thing that mm. you know. Well, we just need yeah. to get more and more vocal about it all yeah. the time, and yeah. then you know, the more they hear about it, yeah. the more somebody will. And Una, what, what's the specific for for an actress? Is it that women are hiding their children because it's a bit more? I, 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 my <laughs> <laughs> I actually think I, in an audition, you was I was about my children, and I just remember going, "Oh sweet Jesus!" And it was Louise was saying, "You have a what a twenty or?" Is it a big issue for actors, uh, Una? I always felt, well, maybe I had my first child as a teenager, so it was always something that was problematic in the general state of Ireland. But uh, uh, yeah. I always felt, yeah, I had to just shut up and not talk about it. Never talk, you know, and it was later I felt comfortable if I got the job in rehearsals, I'd say, uh, oh, yeah, no, I have two kids. And, yeah. But it was always like you and this, they, they don't see them because if you see them, you, you feel like I can't do this. That's going to take away. It became a sort of an inherent way of being, mm. actually, mm. until I, it was a safer mm-hmm. life space. Maybe after I got the job, I'd, or not even at that yeah, point, yeah. even in a group, even I'd be slow to say it on the set or, you know, in a, in a, um, yeah. just in the crews. And I'd, I'd just be very, I don't know how it happens, you just adapt to this way of, they're invisible in that world because you, I felt sort of are going to be judged. Am I going to? I, yeah. Well, you're working. You particularly as an actor, yeah. you're working. I mean, you got the, the like requirement to look. It just a you're judged. Way. You are judged all the time. All the time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, you know, as as a, as a, a technician or yeah. whatever. We're not really okay. You're judged as a woman, but you're not really judged, you know, yeah. as much. But as an actor, I mean, it's dreadful. I don't know. I, yeah. Just for actresses, actresses, it's just dreadful. Know, I would say that a lot of my, my colleagues now are having children late in life. I know in general that is as well. But I just feel, I always feel, you know, this is a happy thing. This is a great thing. Mm. We're all doing this. You know, we're all doing this, and isn't you know our kids are here with us and part of it and. It, it, but I certainly have always felt that, uh, yeah, it's not something you, you really bring into the room. I was um, just thinking last week, um, because like we're on the second season of Red Rock, and already I can see that a considerable amount of the female cast have lost weight since the last season, oh. right? Like, we did the clinic... And I'm not, I understand, it's a really, really, it's much tougher than what I do to be an actor, I really think so. But when we did the clinic, like, we did seasons, seven seasons, and the difference between some of the actresses from season one to season seven was just unbelievable. I mean, some of them were emaciated by season seven. And I was thinking, you know, if I put out a thing of, like, an audition thing for actresses, anybody ten or under need not apply. Who would I get? 25-year-old. 25-year-old actresses, size 10 or under, need not apply. Now, I know that's been naive, but it's... It's a thing to do. But, you know, it's terrible. It's terrible that actresses... I mean, as I was saying, the actress was saying to me yesterday, she was applying, you know, a really good actress was on Red Rock and she was going for a film and uh, and the, you know, the, the lead in the film was a man, uh, an action movie, and it described his character tortured and all these sort of things. And then the character description was for... Please wear clothes that reveal your figure. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! But you get that constantly. It's yeah. like um, slim build, and, and and it's description before the description of the actual character. Mm. It's physical description before 
yeah, I mean, what, what the character is even about. But as like on that note, as a director, would you ever sign? Are you when you sign on to a project <coughs> and you get scripts and you realize that a lot of the characters are, are guys? Can you fight for? Well, it say on scene, even even getting a female actor to read in and just on, on a show friends. like say Red Rock, where they would have guest cast coming all the time, right? So. Um, you would like if you see a partner they do have a good balance of male female actors on red rock yeah. and they have strong female characters um and 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 i can see some more of the female characters are beginning to like even you know say like you know to to you know take ownership a bit more of their characters and not actually put up with you know a lot of writers write stuff they don't realise they're writing it. They don't realise that they're being sexist or whatever. They just don't realise until you point it out to yeah, them. Yeah. Do you know? And then something like Red Rock, when you've got like guest characters, I've said in the past, I said, well, can we have this person as a woman? And like, often they'll say, yeah, sure, why not? Cool. You just have to change. Right. Something like Red Rock is change. good because yeah. you, there's a lot, they're doing a lot of uh, guest character uh, parts, you know, so they've gone in for two parts, you know. And so why, why, in your view, on the clinic and in Red Rock, are the women losing the weight? Is it are they being told? Because, is it is it because society? Society. Competition with each other. Do you know what I mean? Well, what's well, going on? I mean, is there it, are just, so many actresses, yeah. so many actresses. They're amazing. But, yeah, but they've actresses. already got the part. They're already in the job. Like, because are, are they, they getting abused online for being? No, I don't know. It's just because society. Look at magazines and all that sort of society says you're not you're not a good great woman unless you're skinny. But there's also there's I mean nothing to do with our business. But I some somebody told me only the other day a girl my age whose daughter is ten, and she said ten year old girls are not doing sport in school anymore because they won't get into the gear. They you know it's not cool. It's not fun. You know they won't wear the tracksuits whatever that you know end of story then and I, I was shocked I was like 10 year olds there's no way it's a 10 year old but you're right it's been aimed at children yeah. so young yeah. like Gina, Gina yeah. Davis had that great thing yeah. about female art animated characters that their waist is so small she'd be looking ahead yeah. of thinking can but I have my spinal yeah. column in there you know yeah. Yeah. so I children are getting so that aren't they from oh sure if they're starting yeah. that young then by 20 I don't know they're, t- they're starting when they're tiny yeah. before they yeah. can even talk yeah. they're just feeding yeah. it so it's that's a, that is like a massive yeah. problem, you know, yeah. that, that for some reason, for, to be beautiful, to be sexy, to be an engaging character, yeah. you have to be skinny. Well, it actually does go to, you know, the meta conversation, which is about why it is important to have female-led narratives, why it is important yeah. to have yeah. strong yeah. females on screen. Jesus, start yeah. writing now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, you know, you, we, we really so are awful. influencing yeah. everything about society, that, yeah. that society will see women... Not as sexual sidekicks, but as yeah. complex and vivid characters. Yeah. The way men are dark, mysterious, funny, yeah. conflicted. You know, female really characters are always much thinner. So yeah. we have we have this huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have this huge responsibility, yeah. don't we, to to get women out there, get women characters on screen, get women making things. But men men can be our men can be a great ally for us in this yeah. big adventure. I think I was just on a. I was telling Lisa on my shoot. There was a female director, me, female producer, female production manager, female cinematographer. And I was saying to the sound guy, who's a gorgeous man, I was saying, isn't this amazing, all these women? And he said, oh, no, this happens a lot. And I said, it doesn't, does it? And he said, oh, yeah. And I said, well, have you ever worked with a female director before? And he's like, 
I'm sure I have, you know. So, but it wasn't, it was just like that he hadn't actually realized, you know, like it just, some, some of this conversation is important because men are out there, they would be as offended as we are by the statistics yeah. and by the treatment, but they're just not as aware of it, you know. When we yeah. talked about this bit of, we did talk in Galway and we talked about, it, we're, we're wearing funny glasses and, and men are wearing them, but women are wearing them as well. But certainly in my 20s, I didn't realize it was all very insidious. You don't really realize it's out there, this discrimination or the whatever, getting turned down for money or the different pay rates and all those things. And, and I think we, the, a lot of the guys would be absolutely up for being on the journey with us. And I, I think we just have to retrain. It's about harnessing it, isn't it? It's about it's, and even that the stuff when we get the statistics and we drill down a bit and we talked a lot about Gina Davis, you know, the fact in scripts that, uh, you know, are in, even in under 12 movies, they have all these studies that uh, girls are um, outnumbered by boys by three to one. So kids aren't getting to see girls in action in different jobs at the same rate they're seeing blokes. So they're just not getting to get any kind of role models from like that high um, upwards, you know, and, 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 and we at least, there are things we can do. We can look at our scripts and say, 50-50, at the very least on speaking parts, 50-50 in the mm. extras, just, just to change that, because all of this stuff is going on and it's almost invisible. So there is some stuff we can do, you know, even in the scripts and what we develop, even before we even hire anybody, you know. Mm. And I actually was struck by what you're saying about the pay rates. You know, what can we do practically? It's wrong. We're not going to pay the same. And I know there's a kind of a, and you were saying, it, we tend to go, no, we'll make that for less. Well, we won't ask for that much money. We just, and as producers, I don't even know. I suspect what we might say to a co-producer if we're doing something, how much we might charge is way below what the male equivalent would be charging, you know? And, and so we just keep doing that to ourselves. So even staying in the industry is difficult because it's very hard to earn a living um, in this, you know? So I think even sharing that information and trying to find... Yeah, sharing information yeah, and, yeah, you know, saying, you know, up and saying, look, what are you getting? What are you yeah, getting? You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, not really. I think he said he was going to post what he was getting on a set yeah. compared to what the female yeah. like the yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. So, that's why we. Yeah. That's why we need, in a way, men to to yeah, come on board with this. It's, it's, it's the likes of Jennifer Lawrence who can, like, she's after writing an open letter to Hollywood as to why she feels that you know she's been discriminated in the industry, but it's because she is at the top of her game that she can get away with that. But did you see the next day there was a takedown? I think in Deadline Hollywood saying that she was factually wrong, not emotionally wrong, factually wrong, and they had, for the first time after her letter, bothered to check and see what everyone's pay rates were compared to how many days they worked. And she and Amy Adams were both paid 1.25 million, and Amy Adams worked 39 days, and Jennifer Lawrence worked 19 days. And so the whole thrust of the article was not that Jennifer Lawrence had any point at all, it was that she had no right to speak because this was actually Amy Adams' fight and Amy Adams <laughs> didn't choose to make it. Wow. And they didn't did put that against what Well, they loved that, women. A cat fight is always a great way to. Group, work, yeah. Group, like even to develop a part of that of what we are into developing scripts. Was so we're right? handing away. I talk about the film board. Talk about the air. I talk about others. They're all others. And I go, mm. okay. Can we do it in some way here to start a? But part of that discussion is to try yeah. and hive off some of that money 
Yeah. Like it's a quota thing. Yeah. And I, I think that's where the discussion is going. Yeah. But we yeah. do something like the New York branch of the Women in Film and Television just did for the, you know, the, the Writers Lab that Meryl Streep funded, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which I applied for. I, out of the 3,800, I was one of the final 50, but I didn't make well it. Well done. Good for you, yeah. you. No, it was very exciting because what, what is great about that program is that it's, um, uh, it was designed to be a path to production. So it's not, you know, it's not just a go and, and get mentored, although mm-hmm. you do get mentored, um, but they actually were designing it as um, a connection-making place. Mm-hmm. And you know, the undertaking was that, that if they do basically help you make the contacts to get the film made, that you give back, I think, a, maybe even half a percent of the total locked budget back to the organization to help you mm-hmm. know, someone mm-hmm. else next yeah. year. Yeah, Red, Red Rock are doing a lot of training. They, so they did a big uh, open day for people who were interested in being in the film industry. Just yeah. like even you didn't have to have anything, and there was like I think they had like five hundred people, and they got HODs who would go go and describe, you know, uh, well, this is what a location manager does, this is what a camera does, this is what, and they got the HODs, and then the people they said to the people, look, just write down what department you're interested in, and so they got, you know, people wrote down, and so they're taking trainees in. I mean, they just took took on, they needed a trainee AD, and this guy who'd put down, so he got it was interviewed. And he's working. He's, he's got his. You know, he's working now. He is in the film industry now because it really doesn't take as long as you You're when you start. You, everybody, you can tell immediately if somebody's good or not. And so, just I'm just saying that you know, particularly, uh, I was thinking. You know, when I it was Maureen was was asking how you get funding if you want to make your own films. Mm-hmm. There is one you can do it if you try to become a member of the crew, whether it's a runner or something mm-hmm. like that on a film and because you generally don't work 12 months a year and then you at least have that money that in the downtime it gives you time. it's one way of going about it so that you can do a job where you earn money albeit whether it's a trainee accountant or a trainee on the floor or a trainee camera or a trainee whatever AD or whatever but um so they have a writer's room and they yeah. so so they had yeah and it's a really good thing John York has set it up and uh, so they've taken X amount of writers and they're basically they're training them up to write scripts What's because the percentage of women? I think that it's almost it, half and half they announced the names but the, the thing that that blew my mind and a lot of my fellow writers is that they charge the writers for the writers yeah, academy to, to attend the academy yeah. Something. yeah I know and one of the writers the, that's the call was, was they didn't charge, which was lovely and that's I mean, yeah, that was great. But yeah, I, I thought the price was a bit. Um, yeah, um, so what they charge? It's a, it's a it's a really intensive. Yeah, I, I know one of the guys who's doing it at the moment. It's a fantastic training ground. But as he said, he's writing a spec script and he's yeah. paying for the benefit of writing the spec script. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. But he thinks that's very and he does get one on one feedback on it and he gets to completely deconstruct it with script editors and people that are you know so well I mean you know it should be naive not to say that like I have worked on a ton of stuff where I didn't get paid of course because if I didn't do it I wasn't going to get the experience that's how I got experiences at first AD first and stuff that just is part of the film industry but they also do just in relation to directors there was four female directors in last year right and I've asked uh, who's coming? I, I, I guess it's okay. Uh, and I've asked uh, this year, and I don't know of any other women coming up. I'm saying there aren't, but I don't know of any other women coming up this year. And they're mentoring. So what they're doing is they're, they're directors. They're mentoring directors because they're looking for directors, you know. But it's a very tough gig. And so, like you know, 
this block that's taught in now is an Irish director, but the next block has got an English director coming in. Now, they're not paying him extra money. He's paying to get him paid the exact same thing. He's got to do his own accommodation. But, you know, it's, it's just a shame, you know. They, did, they don't want to do that. They want Irish directors. Do you know what I mean? And, and I, I don't... Hmm? Because it's a really tough schedule. It's like four episodes in eight days shooting. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know if you've seen pages it. A day. You know, <gasps> well, like, you know, the day before yesterday, I had 18 pages a day. And it, like, if you look at Fair City and then you look at Red Rock, they're really two different animals. You know, we make, we make Red Rock like you make a television drama. It's called a soap, but we make it like a drama. Yeah. And that's everybody's... Uh, you know, the actors are very good and stuff. And I'm not saying it's the best thing in the world. It's not, but it's certainly not... Uh, it's certainly not fair city. So, so we're so it is. It is really tough gig. Can I ask a question it? about it? I haven't actually seen it, but it seems to me looking at the posters on the buses and everything, there's a lot of female characters. Yeah, there are. Yeah. So where, where's that coming from? Is that coming from the funders well, down, or is well, it what the audience Peter want? Ma- Peter McKenna created it. I say Peter likes women. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's Peter is very. Peter is very, you know, he's very engaging, he's very opinionated, but he likes to have the discussion, the and conversation. And are they the full gamut of female complexities, or are they mothers and prostitutes? You know, I mean, well, they would are have they lots spanning of, the, the, the... Well, most of the main characters, see, because it's a police drama, so there's two, there's two families, and each family has two women in it, and two guys, and then there's all the police, of which... Maybe you might have, uh, I don't know, I can't remember, but like, I know, half half and half, or a mi- little bit less are women. But, but uh, you know, I think Red Rock would aspire to be enjoying an equal opportunities. There's still some problem characters in there in relation to female characters and some of the male characters. And the audience like it. I mean, the, the it's audience... It's not very good. I mean, they, what I mean saying is they love this representation or this. they recognise the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it has got very good press. But in relation to, like, to directors specifically, like, I would be very happy. I have never been asked, in all my time as a director, I've never been asked by the Screen Directors Guild or whatever to mentor. Never. You know? Really? Yeah, never. Who? Who? They have some male directors that were mentoring, I think, for years. But I have never been asked. And, I mean, there's not that many female directors doing the volume of work that I would be doing here. There are others doing it. I'm not saying I'm brilliant or anything like that, but, you know, if I was a man doing this job and for this long, I said this to you yesterday, it would not be. I know I would be in a different place than I am now. I'm quite happy to be in the place I'm in. But, like, I'm going to go back to... And I'll go back. I haven't actually spoken to the producers about what female directors are on this. Block. You're the only female director. Well, I, no, there will. Like last year, there was three other female directors. I don't know if any of them are coming back. I don't know if they've been asked back. I don't know if they want to come back. I they're don't not, know. They're not Irish. Oh, they're all Irish. They're oh, yeah. They're all the directors. The, the director who set it up was English, and there's an English director coming in. But they don't. They want Irish, Irish directors. Good. But they, you have to be able to do the gig as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're wanting the directors to mentor potential directors. Mm. But, uh, you know... You really have to have a certain amount of skills to be able to do that show. Uh, whereas I would be happy, quite happy to have somebody shadow me who definitely doesn't have the skills to direct the show, but definitely would be of benefit to them. Because as long as you have somebody who doesn't pipe up when they're not meant to, and that doesn't matter whether they're male or female, but you know what I mean? It doesn't matter to me if somebody else is in the room, you know? But shouldn't we, and we discussed this as well last night, shouldn't we as women... <coughs> be slightly giving the bias to other women or you know if there's two people you yeah, could I'm have shadowing you that you yeah. no I'm you know, talking about women yeah, female yeah, directors yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good thing isn't it I mean that's something we should be it's is that part of our philosophy that we yeah. 
have this bias built in? Is it okay? It's okay to confess to that. If you look at the UK, they do a brilliant mentoring scheme for women in film, like really yeah. excellent. And they go and and it's not just with female, you know, yeah, yeah. people who are at the top of their game. They they put them with producers and directors and, and actors mm. that are all at the top of the game, regardless of gender. But it is just to give them that extra support and someone to kind of knock about with, you know, mm. to to get to the next level. So example. that is on our long-term plan. Your mentoring comes up huge amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone, you know, it, it, and we might have to ignite that slightly earlier than, than we had intended. But on the positive note, the technology is there now for you know, which is a great. It should be a great period for for, for plays for women in film and for uh, other film, you know, filmmakers from different different types of film making to be emerging. You know. Um, so the technology is there, yeah. and the the, 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 the funding should adapt, or we you know we sh we can do it now. It's 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 you know the capacity is there, and and also the pressure is there to bring down budgets and facilitate you know but not, not to the extent that um, not just the same the same representations are, 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 are all the time you know coming through. Um, so we we have a plan. We have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.